It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and good evening and welcome to the virtual bible study this is august the 28th and you are live with us on the internet for the virtual bible study on this thursday night we appreciate you listening and your participation is always appreciated and we hope you'll do exactly that tonight you have a, obviously you have a computer, you have it logged on to our website, you're picking up our stream, and therefore you also have the opportunity to send email messages. And so while you're listening to the program tonight, as we get involved into an important discussion from God's Word, we hope you'll use your computer to send us an email. The address is pretty simple. It's questions at collegeview.com. Collegeview is spelled C-O-L-L-E-G-E-V-U-E questions at collegeview.com you can send us an email message and we feel those messages throughout the program so we'll be looking to hear from you we also have a toll-free number 877-381-4567 that's easy enough to remember 877-381-4567 phone calls get top priority if you call in we'll put you right on the air Joining me tonight on the program, my name, by the way, is Greg Gwynn. I don't think I introduced myself. And joining me on the program is my good friend Chris Bates. Chris, welcome. Thank you, uh, Greg, and it's good to be here. And I appreciate the uh, invitation and opportunity. And I want to thank the elders of the College View Church for the opportunity also to assist on the show. Well, we're glad to have you. I always appreciate you, uh, uh, your willingness to help. And uh, you've got a lot of good insights uh, concerning scriptural things. And so we're going to pick your brain tonight. Ooh. Jacob is away. He's preaching in Huntsville, Alabama tonight. And so uh, I'm manning the controls, which is always a rather tentative thing. So I hope that we keep everything going smoothly out there. If you see any problems, uh, you might, again, send us an email. If we're having something wrong or you're not getting the stream or something's not working just right. We also have a new video camera operator tonight. And so we got a lot of amateurs running the equipment. So we was, we want to make sure that we get everything done right. Um, again, we're glad that you're listening. We think we've got an important topic. What what we do on Thursdays, we've got a, a fairly sizable mailing list of people who get our updates regularly. And on Thursdays, we send out a message. This is what our topic is planned to be. And we ask some questions to begin to get some feedback. And today, we announced that we want to talk about God's role for women. Last week, Chris, the, I wasn't here last week, but Jacob and the others last week talked about God's role for men. Well, that's a loaded topic. There's plenty of things to say about what God wants us to do as men. But I thought it would only be fair that we also spend some time talking about God's role for women. So that's what we want to do tonight. I, and and I'm, I'm sure you're an expert on this. Ooh, no, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. Well, we want to be careful because we, you know, I think sometimes women feel like the men are very hard on them. Sure. And we don't intend to be. But we want to know what the Bible says on the subject. And so... We're going to try to discuss that tonight. I asked two questions uh, about two important areas in which God has plans for women and has a will and a desire for them. The first is in the home. And concerning women in the home, I asked what is woman's most important role 
in the home and what's the most common failure that women make in regards to their role in the home. That's what we're going to talk about first. For about the first half of the program, we want to cover that part of the topic. And then uh, later in the program, we're going to talk about women in the church. And I ask uh, for our respondents to list vital functions that women can and should fulfill in the church. And secondly, what are the most common errors we see in the religious world concerning the role of women in the church? So we're going to get to that. But if you have thoughts on either one of those topics, women in the home, women in the church, that's what we want to talk about tonight. Again, our email is questions at collegeview.com and our phone number three or eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Let's get into some of this, Chris, when we talk about women in the home. First of all, I think the thing that we want to point out is that although men and women have different roles, it does not suggest that there's a, a difference in, in the value that God places upon a woman or a man. Would you agree? I would agree with that. And you can see uh, how that the woman is, is elevated to a great position of appreciation and adoration on the part of the man in the scriptures. For instance, the Old Testament teaches that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So there's no question then that the woman is, is to be uh, more than just appreciated, but she's to be viewed as a precious uh, a precious uh, uh, mate. And uh, you consider also the Apostle Peter and, and how he described uh, the husband's responsibility to his wife. Uh, and there are cases where a husband is not treating his wife in a way that he should so that his, his prayers essentially are hindered. Um, so when you think about how Peter described it, there's a great deal of discussion about this, but uh, as to what exactly Peter was referring to when he said that uh, husbands were to live with their wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman. Um, and and I, I tend to think that what he was talking about was not so much physical strength in comparison to a man as much as he was talking about uh, as if she were uh, something weaker, a vessel that is weaker, like a vase, like a prize. Something precious. Yeah, yeah. and you, you would do everything you could to hold on to that, to make sure that it doesn't fall and break. Uh, this is the way that the husband should view his wife because she is so important to him exactly right um in galatians chapter 3 verse 28 well it might begin at verse 26 galatians three twenty-six. he says you are all the children of god by faith in christ jesus for as many of you as have been baptized into christ have put on christ there is neither jew nor greek there is neither bond nor free there is neither male nor female for ye are all one in christ jesus and if you be christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise there is this equality that we're talking about in god's estimation a man and a woman are no different in their eternal value. Now, that is not to say that they have identical roles. That's right. You know, in in our country, Chris, you are absolutely as important as President Bush. Sure. You are a citizen in this country. You have you have the rights of a citizen in this country, and your rights deserve to be protected every much as every bit as much as George Bush's do. You have different roles. Mm-hmm. He he is privy to things that you are not privy to, and he can do things that you can't do. But, of course, you can do some things he can't do. That's right. But the fact of the matter is you are equal as human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think and that may not even be a, well, a no, perfect I th- I th- analogy. No, I, th- I think essentially to bring that home is this, that President Bush and Chris Bates both on trial have the same rights before the same judge. That's right. Uh, if, we're, if we're both on trial for something, uh, whatever that is, then w- you would you – 
would in this country assume that we both go under the uh, under the impression that we stand upon the same rights, the same Bill of Rights, the same Constitution, uh, which applies to both of us equally. Although, like you say, he has a different role than I do, but we're both on equal footing as as it relates to the Constitution, as it relates to the Bill of Rights. Exactly right. Well, let's let's get to some of these emails that have come back to us already concerning the role of woman in the home. What's her most important role? I got an email from our friend Randy in Jackson, Missouri, who writes, A woman's most important role, women in the home have two primary biblical functions. One is to be the helper to her husband in the role God first gave to Eve for Adam. The other primary function is to be the mother of her children if she is blessed with children. Women actually have a more important role than men do because they are more direct they more directly mold the future leaders of business, government and the church. They normally have more spiritual influence over the children than the father does. Um uh, I suppose that I probably agree with what Randy says there, although uh, um, maybe just explain it a little different. Typically, a, a mother, especially with young children, spends more time with them, therefore has a uh, has a more of a role modeling kind of function, uh, but but that's not. I would not want men to say, "Well, raising the kids is the women is my wife's job, and I'm not concerned with that. She's taking care of that. That's her business, and I don't have to do anything about that." That'd be wrong. Oh, it would certainly be wrong, and I think that there are some men who say that. And I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to listen to the program last week, but I'm satisfied that Jacob and others uh, hit on that when they talked about the role of the man, that primarily God addresses the man when it comes to the disciplining of the children. That's not to say that the wife or the mother is, is exempt from that, but fathers are, are commanded to, uh, to bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And one translation says, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. They are again addressed in the Colossian letter that they're to bring their children up uh, and do not ex- ex- exasperate them you know do uh, do not uh, cause them to lose heart uh, he you know again the the uh, the father essentially wields the rod in, in the home and if he uh, if he does not he hates his son essentially he doesn't love him the way he should uh, so the, the, there's certainly the responsibility falls to the father and to the mother uh, there's no doubt about it but often uh, in the ideal situation the father is at work he's providing for his own uh, per first Timothy 5 8 and that leaves mom or the wife at home to raise the children during the day so to speak to tend to them and guide the house, and so she has a great responsibility as a worker at home to see that she is fulfilling that responsibility. Well, you know, I, I think we would comment too about the idea that you know some some people think that that's a demeaning thing that it's demeaning to women to say you stay home, you take care of the kids. I believe that it's the most important job that that there is to do, and a woman is is fulfilling her most vital role, and that is. Raising children, influencing them in the ways of God, it is not a demeaning function. It's, it, it's an ultimately important function. It's a precious function is what it is. And I would, I would suggest that if Timothy were alive today, we'd ask him what he thought about the role of his mother and grandmother in his life. Was it a demeaning role? Because this young man turned out to be a Christian. He turned out to be a faithful gospel preacher, fulfilling the work of an evangelist. And, you know, in that in the case of Timothy, there's not anything said about his father being involved in no. that process. Mm-hmm. And so you think, here's a mother and a grandmother who did a great job raising an exemplary young yeah. Christian. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, we got an email from Sherry, and I'm not sh- exactly sure where Sherry's from, but we're glad to hear from her. 
She says that in the home, the woman's most important role is that of a nurturer, guide, and example of proper behavior. She is also to support her husband and be a helpmeet to him. In today's society, the most common failure is that of taking on more. Oh, okay, taking on more of the provider's responsibility and focusing less on the needs of the children in the home. In some cases, the women are behaving as the heads of the house when there is a husband present. This is due. To a possibly possibly to a lack of teaching to the men to be strong leaders in the home, you know that is a case. That is that is the truth. That sometimes women are almost forced into a role that they that God didn't really design for them, and that they probably don't even want. Because the husband's not doing what he ought to be doing. Yeah, a lot of them, I'm sure. Uh, and, and you know, that's uh, we, we don't want to reverse roles here. We, we don't want to shirk what God has said about what the husband is to do versus what the wife is to do. But there are occasions when husbands are falling down on the job. They are pathetically failing to do what God has commissioned them to do as the leaders in the home. And, and in you, that case, you know, in, in our country, there's a huge problem of, of fathers who just absolutely abandon their families. You sure. know, there's, there's increasing the, the statistics about single parent homes especially single parent homes run by mothers mm-hmm. is staggering the percentage of those and of course our society is is damaged to to a great extent by the fact that they are fathers neglecting their roles and placing all the burden of raising children and so forth upon the mothers mm-hmm. exactly right uh, sherry winds that up by saying in a good strong christian home there's a fine balance of leadership and direction between the husband and the wife when proper bible teaching is followed harmony can exist this is not to say that there will not be differences of opinion or wrong choices made but in the big picture all things can be worked out with god's help um and, and oh, by the way, before we go to a break, I want to—I I forgot to pick up what Randy said about the most common failure ma- women make in regard to their role in the home. Women often see their role in the home as secondary, boring, menial, unfulfilling, and unimportant. Nothing could be further from the truth, and I agree with him on that. Well, absolutely. It's not demeaning, and it's not unfulfilling, and uh, the godly women who fulfill their roles will tell you the same thing. Exactly right. We've got uh, time to take your email for sure. We've got 45 minutes of the virtual Bible study remaining tonight, and we want to hear from you. Our email is questions at collegeview.com. And our phone number is 877-381-4567. We're going to take a break, and we will be back right after these messages. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Lane Crawford, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you've never visited with the College View Church of Christ, you may be wondering what our worship services are like. One thing we have at every worship service is music. We believe God has commanded that music be a part of our worship. But something you may notice about our worship is that the music we have in our worship is different than the music used by many in the religious world today. The music we worship God with is strictly vocal. We don't believe God has commanded us to worship Him with instrumental music. Therefore, since we want God to approve of the worship we offer Him, we only worship in the way that he has specified. In Colossians 3.16, God instructs, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Instructions like this in which only vocal music is commanded are the only instructions we can find in the New Testament. Since God didn't tell us that he wanted us to worship him with instrumental music, how can we be sure that he wants that kind of worship? We do know that if we worship God like he prescribed with vocal music, that he'll be happy with that kind of worship. We hope you'll make plans to visit with the College of Church of Christ to learn more about what our worship is like. We'd love to have you join us in worship of our Creator this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. 
And we're back, and we welcome you back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're looking forward to hearing from you as we discuss something that is really important. i got to tell you, Chris, I think, you know, we got to – I told some people what the topic was going to be, and I said we're going to be treading on thin ice. We don't want to make the women mad, but we want to <laughs> we want to cover the important topic of God's plan, God's role for women. And we're first – in the first half of the program here, we're talking about God's plan for women in the home. We have an email from Gail who says, what's the woman's most important role? To help the husband guide the family in the way of righteousness. If they have children, she needs to train the children to obey. And what's the most common failure that women make in regards to their role in the home? Being too busy with the children's education and housework to train the children in obedience. So first of all, she says to help her fa- uh, to help the father raise the, uh, the, ch- the guide the family and raise the children in the ways of righteousness, teach them to obey. I think that's exactly right. There's nothing else you could do more important than that. You, you got you got a family. If you can help your family go to heaven, there's just nothing more important than that. It's way more important than having a big house, having a big bank account, sending them to the best colleges, being uh, associated in the best social circles. More important than anything else that, that a person could consider is that family, whatever that family constitutes. If it's just man and wife or if it's man and wife and children, you know, in the final analysis, Chris, if we can save our families and we can all go to heaven, we will have done a wonderful thing. That's right. And that's, uh, that is a, a, uh, a real possibility that doesn't happen across the board right. you know, because of the nature of free will. And it's just it's not a guarantee. But, uh, but thankfully, uh, those who are really concerned about serving the Lord and doing what is right uh, tend to have a real positive effect towards doing that throughout the family, their their immediate families anyway, which is I think what you were referencing, and uh, that's right. If if mom and dad are are doing their job effectively, and I realize that there are exceptions to every rule, and that uh, you know it's it's again the free will factor has to come into play, but uh, when mom and dad are setting before their kids spiritual reading material and not uh, just things for educational purposes. Um, when mom and dad are spending time with other Christians and mom and dad are living what they're listening to on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night in every gospel meeting they can attend, when mom and dad are not uh, dressing in a way that would lead the children to think it's all right to dress immodestly, when mom and dad are not watching television shows that have words that children learn and hear and uh, and begin to use because they hear them regularly in television shows. When mom and dad are not uh, engaging in unwholesome entertainment uh, so that the children are distracted by that, but rather they're spending time talking at the kitchen table about spiritual matters. They're spending time in the living room talking about spiritual matters. They're on the road to vacation talking about spiritual matters. These kind of things uh, don't don't necessarily ensure 100% that uh, your family is going to turn out um, uh, spiritually sound, but they sure go a long way. Uh, you, know, you know what you were just saying reminded me of the the kind of familiar statement in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, when Moses instructed the children of Israel, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. You know, what you were just saying, the, the, the wife, the mother is the one that's going to make that happen in the home. Mm-hmm. I mean, the father should, should want it to be so, and he should be offering leadership and guidance. But in the practical application of that, making that a pervasive thing in the daily schedule of the family, 
the, the wife and mother is going to be the one who makes that practically happen in well, a practical way. Well, we've already established that the fathers and the husbands are uh, the head, the spiritual head of the family. As, as God has set that up, uh, the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. But ladies, wives uh, make this much easier, this work of being the spiritual head of the home, when they are interested in the spiritual nourishment of the family, whether the family is limited to just she and her husband or it is extending to the children. Uh, this, again, cannot be discredited or diminished as some unworthy uh, position that women should fill. Uh, this is very important, and, it, and as the home goes, so goes the nation. Exactly right. Um, we got some more emails here, but I want to I want to get to a, a part of this that we just got to talk about, Chris. And I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering what position we might take on Titus chapter two, mm-hmm. beginning verse three. It says the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Well, that's obviously a very important text, but there's a phrase in there that has been somewhat controversial through the years, and that's the expression keepers at home. And so should we understand that verse to mean that a woman can't hold a job outside of the home? That's, That's the application that I've heard some folks try to make. That is that it would be wrong and actually sinful if a woman had a job outside the home, she wouldn't be a keeper at home. Give us some thoughts on that. I know it wouldn't be wrong for her not to have a job outside the home. She doesn't necessarily no, have it's, to. Have. If she just stayed home right. and took care of, the, uh, of all the things that involved in home and family, mm-hmm. that, there would be, that would certainly be right and not wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to blow the eight here, but I, I do want to make this case that uh, – um, I think that those who argue from the perspective that you were articulating and argue sincerely, they're not just trying to be uh, chauvinistic. They're not trying to be uh, male dominant or anything like that. They, they are literally trying to follow a, a formula for success in the home by, by saying that the woman uh, fulfill her duty in the home, the wife fulfills her duty in the home. I think that they are concerned uh, not so much that she's necessarily working outside the home, but that her desire is to uh, f- be fulfilled by being compared to the man on an equal pay basis or an equal importance basis in the job uh, force or something like that. That you know, a woman should feel validated, and therefore she needs to go into the workforce. I, I would agree with them if that's the motive behind a woman going to work. She shouldn't uh, go. Right, but you know, look. I, I'm not going to get into the nitpicking aspect of this other than to say that there are, there are things that happen in an economy that you have no control over. And sometimes uh, sometimes a, a man making twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year with four dollars a gallon gas is not enough to pay the bills. And it might be that for a time uh, there needs to be another income. Well, and you can only cut back so much. Well, but now that that just argues from practice potentially practical necessity, but would would you be violating this verse if you did that? I don't believe so. I think you would be violating the verse if the woman worked outside the home and neglected her duty as a keeper at home. I think that's the key. She's a keeper at home. Her first job Mm -hmm. is to be a keeper at home. Her first responsibility is in the home. Now, that's not to say that she might 
as you say, in certain times, take on a secondary responsibility. But if she does, Mm -hmm. she can't neglect that first responsibility. Her first God-given job is to be a keeper of the home, keeper at home, a keeper of. And I understand that that terminology there in the original language suggested the idea of like a a manager of the home, Mm -hmm. like someone who manages a a, a business. She manages the home and she can't forsake that duty. Now, I think that that happens. And I think that there are Christian women who do that. Mm -hmm. They take a job outside the home and it becomes their top priority and Mm -hmm. they forsake duties at home in order to have that job. And that's wrong. And and that is a violation of Titus, too. Um, um, she just she's she's taking on a, a second job when she takes the job out because she's already right. got a first job. That's right. That's right. And I've tried to be very careful through the years when I talk to uh, our sisters in Christ. And when I ask them the question, uh, I don't just ask them, do you work? I usually say, do you work outside the home? I hope that they get the implication that I, I think they're already working at home. Yeah. Whether they are or not, I don't know. But uh, I, I want to assume the best about them. And so I ask the question in that way, do you work outside the home? Uh, trying to give them the honor that I believe that they're they're actually trying to work in the home and do uh, sometimes a necessary job outside the home. But uh, I think I think it's a good point to make, and I think we cannot stress it enough and drive it home enough. Uh, ladies, you know, if you have to get a job, you have to get a job. If bills have to be paid and bankruptcy is 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 uh, on the table and this is the way to avoid it, you have to do something. But whatever it else is you do in life, whatever else it is you do in life, you are to be a worker at home. First job. First priority. You know, and I'll go just a step further on this, Chris. You know, I'm older than you, (laughs) and I've I've just have some accumulated experience. And unfortunately, I have known of situations where people, even Christians, have trouble with their kids. And kids turn out bad. They get in trouble and have all kind of heartache and trouble. And there's a strong correlation between working moms and teenagers who have trouble. Now, it's not it's not a one to one correlation. No, I'm not saying that. I think it's a fair that's a fair but, observation. But through the years, in in general, it's, again, there are exceptions on both sides. But in general, when you find kids that are are in trouble as they grow through adolescence and and so forth, you, you can see a lot of correlation between working moms and 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 kids who are not turning out well. Mm-hmm. And and that should be a big red flag to moms and dads and say. I, I really urge people, keep mom at home. It's mm-hmm. where she needs to be. Now, as you said, sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes there are things that just indicate it has to be otherwise. And I don't think that they're violating Titus 2 if they take a job, in a, especially if there's an urgent necessity that requires it. But if you can, parents, if you can keep mom at home, it's the very best thing for the kids. Well, let's put it this way. Christians who are convicted about what the Bible teaches concerning godly living, whatever it is we're talking about, you come up with it. It could be cigarette smoking. It could be drinking, social drinking. Uh, it could be the use of foul language. It could be mixed swimming. It could be wearing a modest dress, watching R-rated films, whatever. Uh, a Christian who is convicted about what the truth is, you know, and as far as someone professing godliness, someone abstaining from things that are evil, clinging to what is good, uh, when faced with the danger that is presented before them by sin and by uh, willful sin and by habitual sin, if they are, are believers in the truth, they're going to put that thing away. Now, moms, dads, if you are 
are aware of what's going on in the home, if you're watching your kids and you see something is amiss in their attitude, the people they're hanging around, um, the music they're listening to, then maybe, maybe, just like you do whatever you have to for the sake of your soul, maybe you do whatever you have to for the sake of the children's souls. And that might mean you have to come home. Yeah. Or it I might mean, mean you have to cut back on the job. Or, maybe. or you know, maybe you don't maybe you don't take those moves that advance your career because right. you want to be with your kids. That's right. Real quick, before we get to our mid mid program break, I got a couple of emails I want to get to. Let me get to one from Patrick who writes, a woman's most important role is the same as man's, to love and serve God in this life and be happy with him in the next. But specifically in the home, I'm assuming that she is married for the answers I give. Her primary responsibility after religious duty is to respect her husband and to be there for him, just as her husband's primary role in the home is to be to his wife. Now, when I say some of the following, I do not want to imply that the man does not share responsibility, but in the traditional home, the mother is typically the one who spends the greater quantity of time with the children. Therefore, she has a particular responsibility for the upbringing of the children. This includes making sure they are properly fed and bathed, etc., all of the physical needs of the children. This also includes the teaching of children, whether reading, writing, math, religious training, or simple good manners. This includes a potty training, which that's not an easy thing. For <laughs> a woman has an innate desire to serve others, and she finds fulfillment in serving her family as long as it is reciprocated, that is, uh, in... Uh, a dysfunctional home where she gives but never receives, I do not say she will find fulfillment from her family. In, in short summary, our ideal is a Proverbs 31 woman, and we know uh, that passage very well. He says, the most, I do not know what the most common failure of women is in regards to the home, except perhaps that they buy into the common lie that they will find their fulfillment through career rather than through having having and serving her family. Fortunately, many young women are growing up and realizing that their parents grew up believing lies about women's roles, and they are deciding to turn back the tide toward more traditional roles. And, you know, that is happening. We're hearing more about families going back to a more traditional sort of uh, uh, setting, and that's a good thing uh, when that happens. Uh, Real quickly, I've got one I want to get here from Don in Antioch. Let's see here if I can get to that before we go to this break. Uh, Don says, we strongly believe the mother should place raising her kids above pursuing a career, even if it means living in a shack and and sporting patches on their pants. The most common failure in this regard is believing that the material things justify putting the kids in daycare. No one wants to admit it, but the quest for material things is the biggest reason that kids aren't being raised right and also why there are so many divorces. I'd have to agree with Don's evaluation of that. So I've got a couple more things we want to pick up after the break. It's time for a break. We want you to hang on and uh, join us uh, as we continue this discussion. Our email address, questions at collegeview.com, and our phone number is 877-381-4567. We'll be right back after this break. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. We readily acknowledge the importance of positive preaching. Brethren need, quote, the comfort of the scriptures, Romans 15, verse 4. Paul sent Tychicus to Ephesus so that he could, quote, comfort your hearts. Timothy was dispatched to Philippi and Thessalonica in order to comfort the brethren. Clearly, this kind of positive encouragement is essential. The Bible has much to say about it. No one denies this. 
There are, however, some among us who are determined to only preach positive things. They want to specialize in positive preaching and to emphasize only those things which they claim are designed to build up the hearers. They will not deal with controversial topics, and they refuse to spend time rebuking the sins and weaknesses that are common to mankind. This positive approach fails to present the whole counsel of God, Acts chapter 20, verse 27, and at least two serious consequences will follow. First, Christians will not be admonished to root out the evil that is in their lives. We must, quote, put off the old man, Colossians 3, verse 9. We will never become the new man that we ought to be until we have been instructed adequately in this regard. Secondly, Christians will become conditioned to only want this sort of teaching and preaching. After having a steady diet of positive emphasis, brethren will lose all tolerance for forceful preaching on important doctrinal and moral issues. The Apostle Paul anticipated such a scenario when he said, quote, The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. We are not at liberty to be specialists in only one aspect of the work. If we emphasize the positive while neglecting the negative, we have not done, quote, the work of an evangelist, 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. Our job involves both the positive and the negative. We are to, quote, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, and South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back, and welcome back to the virtual Bible study. Uh, we've got about a half hour left, and we're anxious to hear from you at questions at collegeu.com. Our phone number is 877-381-4567. Real quickly, we want to get to the second part of our discussion about women in the church, God's role for women in the church, but got a couple more emails I want to cover. Patrick, who we read from just a moment ago, has sent in a follow-up email concerning keepers at home. Uh, Chris, he says, to comment on the topic, I was checking Strong's numbers for the word in question, which is transliterated oikuros. The first de- definition given is guard, followed by a stayer at home or domestically inclined. It seems to suggest that the mother's primary interest should be at home, mm-hmm. that her primary interest is the welfare of her family. I don't think this necessarily means that she would be made to stay at home like a domestic prisoner, to use hyperbole, he said. I think that's right. If you take it in its most absolute literal sense, she could never leave the confines of the four walls of her house. If she, if, if keeper at home means, if you want to take it in the most literal sense, I think everybody agrees it's not that literal. And so, therefore, it means something less than a prisoner in the confines of the walls of her house. Well, I don't think anybody's arguing from that perspective. And, and, I, I mean, nobody's no, no, saying, well, no. she, she, can't, she can't be a keeper at home and go out and eat at a restaurant. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody's arguing from that perspective. I, and, think, and, I think Patrick is agreeing with us that yeah, this, I do too. I the do suggestion too. I do. is but that's I, her first role. Right. And I'm, I'm just saying that I've heard people, say, you know, like you were talking about the argument, oh, she has to be a keeper at home. Uh, I, 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 she can't work outside the home. I don't know that I've ever heard any of those who argue that she cannot hold a secular job argue from the standpoint so much so that you can't even go outside the house. Uh, I don't think that they're trying to make that case. And so I don't want to sound like we're, we're laying that one at their feet, you know, like yeah. we're, we're, we're uh, ascribing something to them, the position they don't hold. No, but what I'm saying is if you're going to agree that it, it's not that, it's not mm-hmm. literally a prisoner at home, sure. and I think everybody agrees, I, I think every, then obviously we're saying it's something less than that, and therefore there, we're going to exercise some judgment in making application of that principle. But the principle is true. Her first priority is her home. Now, one woman may judge that she can work a 40-hour job and still get this 
first priority fulfilled. Another woman say, there's no way I could work a 40-hour job and fulfill my home duties. And so we're going to have to leave that to the discretion of women. In a case like that, before their own master, they stand or fall. They're going to have to give an account for decisions they make, good or bad. Exactly right. I got an email from a a listener in Indiana who writes, there's an old saying, behind every successful man is a good woman or something along that line. I believe that a high percentage of men take for granted just how important their wives are to them and the family. I think that's true. Men tend to take their wives for granted. I would like to believe preachers um, understand how important wives are. I hope we do. And then he goes on to say, it is true that man is the head of the family, but both the husband and the wife are a team that have to work together in harmony and living day to day. Sharing responsibilities in raising a family is a must. The wife is a support for the husband when times are tough, and the reverse is true also. They rely on each other to be successful in raising a family and keeping a home. I agree with those observations. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, let's see here. I think... Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to throw this out, uh, Chris, because yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're doing because I don't, I don't want us to be accused of not dealing with it. Yeah, we we got to talk about this. I got an email uh, that has come to us from a listener here in Columbia, from Kimberly, who writes, mm. "I know that in the church and in the home, that man is the head and the woman is to be in submission." Is this true in the world as well? For example, would it be wrong for Condoleezza Condoleezza Rice? To take the vice presidency, you know, there's some talk that John McCain could potentially choose. I don't think he will. We talked about you and I talk politics, too, and well, I don't think he's going to do that. But, you know, there has been some talk. Would it be wrong for a woman to to take a role over men in the business world? Uh, Should women back down and let men have the better jobs, even if they have better credentials? I don't know. Uh, I'm, wow. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. Uh, and some people are going dis- to I know some people are going to disagree with me because I've had people disagree with me about it in the past. But I do believe that that a let's take Condoleezza Rice or a woman in the vice presidency or presidency of the United States. Well, it doesn't have to be Condi. It doesn't have be, any it woman. Can be Hillary. It Kay Bailey Cutchison. She's right. been mentioned be. as a Republican vice presidential. Uh, I mean, Geraldine Ferraro. Yeah. You know, in '84. So I, my my understanding is that that is not in harmony with what God intends for women. I would base that on a passage like First Timothy chapter two. Uh, beginning in verse 9, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity with holiness and sobriety. Um, uh, This passage, some people take this passage to just be talking about in the church services when it says that she's not to teach or usurp authority over the man, but be in silence. Some people say, well, let's talk about in church. Well, there's nothing in the context that says this is limited to a church setting. I think it's talking about roles of men and women, and well, I think the, God's plan for man is different than God's plan for women. I understand why people make that case about it being in the church. However, what I think makes that argument that you're making uh, valid is that Adam and Eve were not in the church. Exactly. They, they, they were in uh, just the general sense of the word. of They were existent, in existence, and so uh, it had it has to do with any time a woman is breathing the breath of air. She must not usurp authority given to the man. Um, as far as, you know, could a woman serve as vice president? 
Again, this is the this is the situation we're going to get into when we make the one case that a woman can work outside the home. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get into a dangerous situation at times when you you ha- you you go ahead and take that perceived right to work outside the home when necessary. Obviously, being a vice president is not necessary for anybody. Um, nevertheless, if you're going to work outside the home, there might be situations wherein, in some way, shape, or form, you are in an authority position. Um, as a woman, you might be a surgeon, and it might be that there are no men qualified to be head surgeon, and now you are. You're the head surgeon. So you're going to have people talking, and you're going to have, uh, you know, in, in every job, if a woman excels, suppose there's a woman working in a place where there's nothing but women, and she excels to the top position, and then uh, a man comes and works there, but he's not qualified for the position that she's qualified for. What is she going to do? I mean, these are questions I'm glad I don't have to do. There's deal a lot with. of questions there, and, um, and, and pe- as you say, people put themselves sometimes in a predicament where, you know, they, they don't know how they should relate to what the scriptures teach. I'm I'm saying for for me, for my wife, and even when my daughter was at home, I'm saying I don't want my wife, I didn't want my daughter being in a position to be over right. men. Well, here's because a, I don't here's think a, it's God's plan. Here's a quick another quick example, and and I'm sure you're ready to move on. Um, suppose a man and a woman own a farm, and uh, they hire farm hands and to to farm the land for them and do whatever. Uh, the man dies. And she chooses to keep them on in her employ because they're doing a job that they were hired to do. Now, they're going to have to come to her for a paycheck. Essentially, they see her as their boss. I mean, I don't know what she's supposed to do. I have no earthly idea what she's supposed to do um, in a case like that. Does she, should she sell the farm? Should she uh, fire them and let the farm uh, just um, uh, go downhill. I don't know what she's supposed to do as far as um, uh, what's going to make everybody happy. But bottom line is, whatever she does, she's going to have to uh, give an account for it. That's the key. We're, you know, And I think in, in such matters, everybody's got to remember the ultimate bottom line is accountability before God. I mean, we can talk about, uh, you know, uh, hypotheticals what if what if a woman was in this position or that but the bottom line is it's still clear i think from from first timothy 2 that god has a plan in in which he wants women to be submissive to men not over men Mm -hmm. and that 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 seems to be the general rule chris you know what we forgot to do reach over there behind you and plug in that orange extension cord we got some lights here that light light up your smiling face a little wait a little bit better you have to take your headphones off to do it uh, I'm sure – follow that around there, Chris, down there by the – yeah, unplug one of those others and plug that one in, and people are going to be able to see you so much better, and they'll be so much happier. Uh, there's a, there's an outlet right there, Chris. Just plug that in right there. Uh, I forgot to do that earlier. See, I, I told you that we would we would mess up something in, in, in the setup of the program, but we got that going now. Well, I'm afraid now that I'm going <laughs> to have to sneak up on this bottle of water that Cindy gave me. <laughs> okay. 
All right, let's get – we're going to – oh, boy, we're up against our last break, and we're almost out of time. But we want to get quickly, because we suggested as a part of our discussion, what about God's plan for women in the church? We're going to talk about that when we come back from this break. Stick with us. Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to our emails. It's been an important, I think, interesting discussion so far. We want you to be a part of it. Questions at collegeview.com. Our email address is questions at collegeview.com and the phone number 877-381-4567. We will be right back. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Hello, everyone. I'm Wade Shelton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you're like me, you've probably heard a lot of rumors about what the Church of Christ is all about. Well, regardless of what the rumors you may have heard, let me just quickly tell you what we are about. The College View Church of Christ is simply a group of Christians that is committed to doing everything that God has commanded us in exactly the way that He commanded us to do it. So we just simply open our Bibles and study them to determine what God has commanded us to do, and then we try to do it. It's just really that simple. Are you interested in being part of a group of people who have this approach to serving God? If so, I hope you will join me and my family as we worship God with the College View Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Hello, this is Preston Jackson from Valdosta, Georgia, and you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the Virtual Bible Study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we're back. We appreciate your participation in the virtual Bible study tonight. And we're talking about an important subject involving God's role for women. We want to move to the second part of our question that we announced earlier. And it has to do with women in the church. List vital functions that women can and should fulfill in the church. And what common errors do we see about women in the church? Uh, uh, Let me go back to our friend Randy who sent in. Here are some functions women can fulfill. Women can biblically fulfill any role not reserved in Scripture for men. Well, that'd be a good way to say it. They're prohibited from roles where they teach or have authority over men. Any role that involves teaching or leading women or children would certainly be allowed. They could also do any role such as finances, clerical, legal, technical, prayer, service, etc., where teaching or leading men is not involved. I, th- I think I agree with that. I think the w- I don't know if I would have said it in all the same phrases that Randy used, but I think that uh, if, I, if I get to explain terms, explain my own definitions of those terms that he used, I would agree with, with what he says there. He says, common errors we see. I often hear people say that God would not give a woman a gift if he did not want the woman to exercise that gift. That's true if the gift is exercised within the restrictions of the whole scripture. For example, many women are gifted teachers and administrators. However, those gifts must be exercised within the boundaries of First Timothy chapter 2 that we read earlier. I, you know, that, that's a good point. I've heard people, if, for instance, uh, we talk sometimes about the music question. Uh, this person, this, here, here's a person who said, I have, uh, you know, God gave me the gift of being able to play the piano or the organ. And I just think that he would want me to exercise my gift, and therefore I'm going to play the organ in the church. Well, that doesn't follow. I mean, I think when we have abilities, you know, you, a, a woman may have an ability to be a great cook. Is she going to bring a stove into the into the church and and cook a dinner uh, during the worship service? Uh, you know, because that's her particular gift. No, I mean we have gifts, but not all of them are to be exercised in the church. Well, a butcher might have the gift of. Uh of, of slaughtering animals, of slaughtering animals yeah. as a sacrifice, you know. I mean, and, and or at least offering that as a sacrifice because it is a gift to to slaughter an animal um, humanely, I suppose. Uh, somebody might have the gift. Uh, well, David Blaine, I used to see him on 
uh, television. He was a street magician. He could. He was really fascinating. He has a gift uh, of illusion or the ability to make you believe you saw something you didn't really see. Uh, maybe we should have that kind of thing in the services. You know, what is this need uh, to abandon the worship that is to be offered in spirit and truth? Uh, in 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 the proper attitude and in harmony with God's divine will, uh, just for the purpose of elevating someone in their talent, uh, you know that that is not what worship is about. Worship is about ad, uh, adoration, the adoring of our Father and our God, the reverence that that He is due, the uh, deep and abiding love that He is due from those who serve Him. And worship is not about entertainment, and it's not about someone coming away feeling good, you know, because of what they've just done. It's about responsibility, and it's about what God requires of those who'd follow him. Exactly right. Um, let's get this verse out there on the table while we're talking about this. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, beginning verse 34, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it's not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husband at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. With that passage in place, I would say it would be a huge error, but we see it commonly, women preachers. just I just think the, the, the scriptures do not authorize that. That would be certainly... A common error in the religious world. Well, I think First Timothy two drove that home. Yeah, uh, that's true. Know, just that, as good, right? I mean, that's just, true too. But that First um, Corinthians fourteen is just the only reason. I, the only that's right. The only reason I bring back up First Timothy two is because there are those who make a a clever argument about these being the wives of the prophets, and uh, some of that may be so. But the principle that it is improper for a woman to speak in church is still in play. Um, you know, I, I again, I, I have a personal judgment. I don't necessarily make it law, but I, I do have it as a conviction that I don't prefer the sisters to speak up uh, for announcements. Um, you know, someone at the close of a service says, you know, are there any announcements? And then the sisters start speaking up about this, that, and the other. If I, I don't know if I could say it's absolutely wrong, but uh, I don't. You know, it's, I don't, not, you know I, it's right if they don't. That's right. And yeah. I just, you know, I would rather err on the side of what we know is right versus what we can't really put our finger on. Yeah. But uh, you're right. Uh, this would forbid, just like First Timothy 2, especially First Timothy 2, uh, uh, would forbid women preachers. There cannot be women preachers, and it doesn't he says, matter. He says there, First Timothy two twelve. I suffer not a woman to teach or usurp authority over a man. Here's an argument. How are you going to handle this one, Chris? If the man told her she could, is not usurping authority. All right. There's a command that we should not steal. If a man told her she could, maybe that's all right. I mean, just uh, you know, yeah, well, where, does, where do you draw the line? If on the that? man doesn't have the authority to tell her she can do what that's God right. said she can't do. That's absolutely right. That's exactly right. All right. Sherry says women in the church have a role of supporting their husbands and other men in, of the congregation in decisions that must be made. They also have also fill roles as teachers and active participants in the worship service as instructed by the scriptures. Okay, they can, they, certainly they are active participants in the worship service. Uh, they don't lead the worship service. They're mm-hmm. not over the men. Women also have obligation to help those whom they can when they can. It is usually women who prepare uh, the emblems for the Lord's Supper and do some of the cleaning in our assembly places. This is not to say that men cannot do these things, but usually the women who, who it is the women who do these tasks. From that's from Sherry. We got an email from Gail who says functions women can and should fulfill teaching other women about their role, teaching non-Christians God's word. But there again, I would not a woman's not to be over a man. Even a Christian woman is not to be over a non-Christian man in the teaching role. 
We have the example in Acts 18, Aquila and Priscilla taught Apollos. So she was involved in teaching, but obviously it was done in such a way that she wasn't over. Okay, that now that brings right. up the question, what about a single woman uh, who is having a conversation with a neighbor? Um, how might she address his questions? You know, he might have questions. What, well, well, what do you think about this? Is it right to the, do this or is it wrong to do that? Uh, do I have to be baptized to be saved? Can she answer those questions? If she can, she's taught him. Uh, and, and I well, think the, that that's okay. There, there's the, well, I think the case of Aquila and Priscilla in the but, last verses of Acts 19 show that she was involved. It says they. But that's a married him. couple. That's a married couple. I'm talking about a. Uh, you know, we're, we all agree on that. I'm talking about a um, a single woman, you know, who's answering questions. She's not married. She's not teaching in the same way uh, Priscilla would have been. Uh, so you know, where are we gonna where are we gonna uh, place restrictions on her? Uh, could she teach him in some form or fashion? Uh, I, I I think there has to be some kind of of. Um, uh, of happy medium there as to what she can and cannot do, uh, formal Bible study, you know, that kind of thing, I don't know. But uh, answering his questions is a different, I think, a different thing. He may be out mowing the grass and, hey, I saw you uh, pull in here and I know you go down why, there to why, college. Why do you go to church on Sunday? Yeah, can she answer that question? Yeah. Can she Can she do as First Peter 3.15 says, give an account of the hope that is in her? Uh, I but, think she can. But and she I, has to do it in such a way as to not be... Out of submission. That's right. That's and right. That, and that's that's in a challenging. Case, but in a case like that, I don't see, um, you know, what uh, I'm not taking the submission thing off the table here. But in a case like that, I don't see what um, what she might do in teaching him by way of answering his questions that then uh, negates her submission to God's yeah. plan. Um, I don't know, you know. Uh, well, how I she might I, demonstrate submission well, to him. I, you know, well, that's sort of like, uh, you know, they say about other things. I, I'm not sure I know how to describe it, but I know it when I see it. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen women that I believed were out of submission. Hey, I've got I've got to I've got to put something out here for 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 this particular discussion before we get off and before we read something else, because this is, I think, important uh, in line with the women preacher business. Several years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a Presbyterian. And I was discussing with him uh, various things about the Bible and uh, why it was that you know we do certain things and why we don't do certain things. And I was talking about authority, and I just asked him, uh, "Well, tell me, uh, friend, why?" Uh, and he was a good friend of mine from a long time ago. Why uh, do you believe? This or that. Maybe it was about total hereditary depravity. Maybe it was about uh, the direct operation of the Holy Spirit. It had to be something with reference to Calvinism. But he said, well, you know, I don't know the answer to that. Let me ask my wife. She's an elder in the church. Um, And so this would also refuse that. I mean, well, at least the, um, the, the fact that she's not to usurp authority, that God has given to the man, the fact that the elder overseer, bishop, you name it, is to be the husband of one wife. That excludes her from serving in that way. Now, we're going to sound like uh, chauvinist, or we're going to sound like we want to keep women under thumb here, but this is about an appeal to Scripture. What is authorized and what is not authorized with respect to the role of women in the church? Can they do something in the church? Yes. Can they serve as elders? No. Can they serve as preachers? No. Can they lead a public prayer where men are are, uh, are present? I'd have a problem with that. Can they lead the Lord's Supper or serve that? This all looks suspicious to me. And so, at the very least, if we know it's not wrong to refrain from doing 
bring those things and allow the men to carry through with this duty so that everyone's conscience is not bothered, then let's do what we know is right for sure and leave off not only what we know is wrong, but what we can't prove to be right. There you go. Okay. Let me let me get let me finish up. I didn't finish Gail's functions women can and should fulfill. She says teaching other women about their role, teaching non Christians God's words, helping Christians in need, making sure her own family is being taught God's word and living right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that. And then common errors we see in the religious world, she says, giving the women equal authority with men to be pastors, preachers, and teachers. And they don't they don't have that authority from God and we can't give it. If God didn't give it, we can't give it. As we said earlier, you know, someone says, well, it's not, they're not usurping authority if the men tell them it's okay. Well, you can't tell someone it's okay to do what God said is not okay to do. You don't have the you don't have the authority to give that authority. And I think we've well, got to keep in mind that. keep in mind too that uh, in First Corinthians eleven and verse three that the man is the head of a woman and God is the head of of Christ and Christ is the head of every man. So the man can only dictate how Christ has dictated. First okay. Corinthians eleven. Okay. Well, I think all these are important things, and I think it's been an important discussion, and we appreciate all who's participated. And I want to give you a couple heads up, two things that are coming up next week on the Virtual Bible Study. Chris, have you heard about this guy who sued Zondervan Bible Publishing Company because they included in the translation the word homosexual? Yes. Yes. He's agreed to, to an interview next week on the virtual here. Bible study. How about that? Right here on the virtual Bible study. We're going to talk to that guy. It's been in the national news. He he, he sued Zonder. He also sued Thomas Nelson Publishers mm-hmm. in Nashville because they included the word homosexual in their translations of the Bible. And it, he says it's caused him a lot of grief, loss of self-esteem. He can't sleep. He can't eat. Uh, and is. so he, he sued him for $60 million. Uh, so that guy has agreed to an interview with us next Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. So I hope everybody will be listening for that. And then uh, I also want to give a heads up about our upcoming gospel meeting here at College View beginning Sunday, September 14th and running through Friday night, the 19th of September. We'll have a gospel meeting weeknights at seven o'clock here at the College View Church in Columbia, Tennessee. If you're in the middle Tennessee area, we'll hope you make it a point to attend. James Hahn, who's really a fine gospel preacher, is going to be conducting that gospel meeting for us. I know you'll appreciate hearing the things that he has to say. So we hope that you'll mark your calendar and be planning to join us during the week of September 14th through 19th for our gospel meeting here at College View. Again, thank you for listening to the virtual Bible study tonight, and thanks for all who participated by way of sending in email comments about this important topic. God's role for women is very important. And as I said earlier, Chris, we might have stepped on some toes. Some people might not have liked what we had to say. I think a number of the things we said tonight, not very politically correct, but it is, I hope, true to the Word of God. Well, we're not we're not trying to step on toes. We're not here to pass judgment. We're here to preach the truth and the truth alone. And if that offends people, we can't make an apology for that. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of the study. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for being here. By the way, some of you will no doubt recognize Chris's voice. He's our he's our our uh, uh, advertising specialist. He does our promos for us and so forth. You hear his voice every week uh, on the virtual Bible study, but tonight he's here in person, and we appreciate you, Chris, for being here. Hopefully next week uh, we'll have a great uh, program centered around that interview with the guy who is suing the Bible publishing companies because they included the word homosexual in their translations of the Bible. That That's really interesting to me. I've been reading some things that he's written, and I think it'll prove to be a very informative discussion, and we hope all of you will plan to listen, tell others about the virtual Bible study. Again, thanks for listening. Until next week, keep reading your Bible, study it every day, live by it, you'll never regret it. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.